You're listening to the Superpower Podcast, Superpower Kids Edition, where author, philanthropist, and Superpower Kids founder, Neverly Reckla, inspires kids to discover their superpowers and change the Hi world. Hi everyone, this is your Superpower Kid, Neva Lee Reckla. I'm so excited for today's interview. We are talking about how your story can change the world. Now, listen to that question. How can your story change the world? Well, on today's interview, we are going to be talking about just that. Our guest today is Anne Kate Sullivan, and she is awesome. She is a bestseller, a writer. She is a new podcast host of Wisdom of the Ages, coming soon in the Superpower Up Network. And she also wrote a book that I got to read called Ella's Magic. And it talks about how a young girl has superpowers and her family basically tries to hide it from her and they try to help her hide it. But then she learns how to accept herself and how to appreciate others around her. It's an amazing book. So without further ado, will you help me welcome our guest, Aine? Hi. Hi, this is magic. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. So, I'm so glad you read Ella's Magic. I'm so oh, glad you read it and like you got it. You got the message. That's so it was, awesome. It was really awesome because it reminded me of like every super power movie we watch. And like it kind of reminded me almost of real life. Like how sometimes people try to cover up themselves or they try to hide their other friends who they really are, you know, and they try to cover up them, their entire selves. But then it's a beautiful gift when people get to learn how to just uncover it and be who they are and not really care about what others think. So I think that's awesome. So I can already, already tell you have a lot of superpowers, but can you name a few? Well, I like to say that my favorite superpower is air because I have, I don't have it with me, but I have a, a white swan feather. And when I'm writing, I take out my white swan feather and I close my eyes and I imagine that I'm flying through the universe and I'm collecting stories and gemstones and precious gifts for all the people in the world that need it. Well, that's really cool. I like that idea. <laughs> for, for me, um, I don't write a whole lot, but I write creative stories. And so I like what writing fictional stories and all that. Um, I do a course that Michael E. Gerber has, and as well as his wife. And it's basically like an entrepreneur course. And they talked about how, like, go outside, get in your space, and write down what you're here to do. And write down, basically, what your superpowers are and how you can change the world. And so I went outside for about 30 minutes. I sat down, I got a towel, laid it out, and played some music, and I got to writing, and I just wrote until I couldn't anymore. And that's really awesome, like being able to have that creative mindset. I think it's so important. I think it's so important really for everybody to go out and do that, you know, especially exactly. if you're creative. But when yeah. I was when I was a kid, I had this really cool mom. She's an, she's an artist. We're actually, we're getting ready to go see her, her art show, which is on black holes, exoplanets, and blue star implosions. So she's Ooh. like super cosmic. <laughs> her superpower is the paintbrush, you know, but when I was a kid, she was, she was never afraid of the imaginal world, the mythopoetic imagination. 
And so she would go out and she would say, okay, go sit down next to that tree and talk to it and write a story. I, th I sent you another story called A Story of Becoming. And that was basically what I did. I just went and I sat down by this apple tree and I'm like, tell me about yourself. And, and th that was the story that came through, you know? That's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Um, it's a different way of writing, you know. It's not. It's not. You're not following an outline. You, you're. I think you're following your superpowers when you do that. Exactly. You're following your heart, and I like explaining it as like the bright light in the dark tunnel, pretty much. Um, Definitely. When you're saying that, you reminded me of our host of Sex, Love, and Superpowers, Tatiana Berende. She. Um. We once went to this tree area and there was a tree that was really good for making tea. And before we went and like took a bunch from it, Tati said, well, why don't we ask it if mm. it's okay if we take from it? Because we don't know if it's young and we don't know if it still needs that. And so we asked and we heard no. And so like most people wouldn't think to do all that, but I think it's kind of cool that you just sat down and just kind of let your, Creative juices flow. That's awesome. So I have another book called, um, I don't think I sent it to you, but there's, it's called Kachina's Rose. And then there's a longer version called Sparkle and the Gift. But in it, in, in Kachina's Rose, that's a story about a, a fairy. And she, and she decides, because she knows the world's in trouble, so her superpower is making blossoms. So, mm -hmm. so she decides to make the most beautiful rose that anyone's ever seen. And so she makes it up. And, and then the gardener comes over and he sees this rose and he just picks it. And so we have in the story, we have the pages look, looking as though they've been torn. And the question oh. is, if you see a beautiful flower, would you just pick it without asking the bush? Mm, that's cool. I like yeah. that. <laughs> and for me especially, it's like almost I kind of think of like, how does it feel when someone takes your things without asking? Exactly. You know? Like yeah. for me, if people take my fun toys or something and they go to my room and just start playing with all my things I don't like that very much and I'll mm -hmm. tell them so and it and it goes to the same with other people for sure like if you want to be treated that way treat others the same but also it goes with the world around us because like if we want this world to become something beautiful we have to start treating it like it so I like that question if you see a beautiful flower do you just go and pick pick it or do you check in with the bush like see is this okay with you you know exactly I mean we have to realize I mean in order to do that we have to realize that nature is alive and that mm -hmm. everything everything within this world every every hair on our head every blade of grass has meaning and purpose and so exactly. if we're just walking down a trail and we see a pretty stone and we pick it up we don't know what that stone might be doing in that spot we don't know what yeah. vibration it's holding you know so I think, I think when we become more sensitive and we start asking, then, then I think the world actually starts opening up for us more and it reveals more of its magic. Exactly. And I think that, I'm going to share this before we go into the breakout, I think that it's cool when you can check in with everyone and realizing that, again, like they may not have a heart and it may not have lungs, but it it's still there and it still lives and it's still a part of your world. And like you said, you don't know what it's doing for that area. And, and maybe you do, and that's even more of a reason to ask it. And so I think it's cool being able to 
be that in tuned as well because sometimes people will be like, all right, I asked. And then they'll be like, they said, yes, I can take all the crystals and I can take everything. But then then they're not really tapping into it. They're just listening to their ego. Mm -hmm. And so it takes like the ability to listen and also like the courage and strength to ask something and be okay with a no or a not now type thing and not letting our egos take hold. So I agree. Yeah. I want to talk about this a little bit more, but we need to go into a quick break. Can you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you? Yes. You can visit my website, which is uh, ankatesullivan.com and it's A-Y-N-C-A-T-E-S Sullivan.com and all my books. I have 13 books up there and go and explore and have some fun. Awesome. And again, definitely go check her out because she is so awesome and she definitely has superpowers. So we've been talking with Ann Kate Sullivan about how your story can change the world. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Okay, we're back and we've been talking with Ann Kate Sullivan about how your story can change the world. So before we get back into our amazing topic, would you like to do funny FaceTime with me? Absolutely. All right, we're going to make our funniest faces in three, two, one. <laughs> it's <a good> funny face. <laughs> Those are good. I like the fawn movements. <laughs> I like to have antlers. You know, I always like, I always like the stories of the antlered goddesses because I always have felt that if they had antlers, they could hear this, the songs of the stars. They could hear mm. the stars, and that's actually why they had antlers. So that's a lot cool. of when I'm out in nature, I'll do this. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Okay. Do you have, like, what I would call spirit animals, like, or spirit guides, or whatever your word is for them, do you feel that with you? Absolutely. I have some and they're such good friends and I've had some for a very, very long time. Like, like I said, my mom would take me out into nature. So we were, we were always doing vision quests and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have one who's really cute. He's a lamb and he oh. always, when he shows up, it's like, Oh, we're supposed to have lightness and fun today. And he's like, ah, and he jumps along. And <laughs> then I have a dragon. So if we're going to, we're doing something a little bit more intense. He's like, and she, and she, it's a she, she can breathe fire. She totally mm-hmm. takes care of me. That's cool. So I have some, I have a few others too, but they were, those two are primary ones. Mm-hmm. And then I have a bunch of deities too that come around and help, when, especially when I'm writing. When I was, working, cool. I was doing your mom show the other day, um, 
on your Don Reckler. That was a great show. Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I was feeling so much like a, a field of love when we were doing the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the deities that comes around a lot when I'm talking, well, there are two. There's a woman named Danu. She's a really ancient goddess. And she comes around. And, and I always know it's her. She's very much like Mother Mary. They have very similar energy. And I always smell roses. That's why I know she's there. <laughs> And then I have another guy named Taliesin, who's an old um, mis- uh, Welsh bard. And he That's cool. He's a little bit like Cosmos. You know, the guy with the cape uh-huh. and Ella's magic? He's a little bit like Cosmos, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I'll, I'll never forget this part. So it was about maybe three, four years ago. And um, we lived with a few people who made grits and he's like he's really good into like crystals and all that and we were sitting in like basically this area right now and we call it our vortex it's our spirit energy we pray we chant we channel and all of the spiritual stuff in here yeah and this is just like our beautiful little uh, i call it like our hideaway place kind of yeah. and um so we were sitting in our vortex it was i believe just my mom and i and I just got this like sense of like someone there and I think I had a rough day that day. And so like I was kind of in a grumpy mood and all that. And then I just felt like, Oh, there's this energy. And then we looked into it a bit more and I realized that it was Ganesha and Ooh. I just felt like this giant energy. And I sat there and I started crying because I was like, Oh, I feel this. I know that like it's here for a reason. And so um, I have a singing bowl and I can always tell that Ganesh is with me because I'll hear like a singing bowl playing in the distance, which is really cool. I also have like a bunch of dragons. Um, I have two really cute ones that are named Bubblegum and she's a tiny baby dragon. Then I have one that is named like Love and they're like, they're my little friends and kind of free the same for me that happened to you like I can always tell that it's playful energy and then I have a big dragon that's named Ash and he's full on black and I can tell he's there when I just feel this like sense of almost like a king like mm-hmm. just this powerful presence mm-hmm. I also when I was younger I had a bunch of different dragons I named one of them boat and brick I couldn't come up with very creative names. <laughs> we just named inanimate objects. But also, we also have these guides called Love that come to us. And they are this group of, I don't even know what they are, like spirit entities is what we can call them. And I had a dream about them. And it really scared me at first because like they didn't look all that friendly. And so... We looked into it and we realized, oh, they're, they're here to help us. I also had, when I was younger, I used to play in my dollhouse with a spirit. I don't remember who, but I used to play with him. And then I saw this group of four people in my room, like scientists in my room one day. And I had known them when I was younger. And then they came back one day. I just saw these four floating entities in my room, like these bright, white glowing like scientists in my room and I sit up and I hear this like chatter and I sit up and then all eyes go to me and they're all staring at me 
And at the moment, I just hide under my covers. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so in the morning, I talk to my parents about it, and they go, oh, the white people. You used to play with them when you were younger. So I have a bunch of, like, different groups that come to me, and mm-hmm. it always starts off, they scare me. <laughs> because uh, I, yeah. when I was younger, I was still at the phase of, oh, ghosts, they're scary. They scare me. Like, yeah. they, they aren't here to, like, protect, you know? And so now when I see energy and beings and stuff, I realize, oh, it's, it's okay. Like, they're here for a reason. So, yeah. yeah, we've got to learn how to work with our sixth sense. And, and the thing is, you're lucky with your, your parents that you have because they're not saying, oh, you're crazy. They're saying, oh, no, there really are these multidimensional realities. And, you know, you can learn how to work with all of them. Because mm-hmm. I, I also, when I was young, I had the same thing. I, I used to wake up at, at night and there were these uh, four people that would stand at the foot of my bed and stare at me. Hmm. It's to terrify me. I would like ah, run to my grandparents' room and they were like, you're just making this up. I'm like, I'm not making it up. They stand right at the foot of the bed. <laughs> so finally we did some research and we found out that the house had been burned down in the Civil War and four people had died inside the house. And so I started working with this woman. She was this wonderful British woman she was a healer. And she said, oh, well, well, Anne's just a seer. So what we have to do is just let her talk to the people because they've just come to her because she knows that they know how to, she knows how to cross them to the other side. And then the light being showed up. I call them my council of nine. And they're like nine beings that show up and they go, okay. And they take, they take people when people need help. That's cool. I like Isn't that, that cool? Yeah. 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 I've so that's a superpower, though, I think, you know, to be able yeah. to help, help people in multi-dimensions of reality. Yeah. I agree. Like, pretty much any, everything's a superpower. It's just how you use it that turns right. it into one. Um, so, you, remember, so if you use something for the, for the good, so if you say if you use something for the good of humanity, that's a superpower. Yeah. I would call, like, other ones just, like, things you can do, or, like, powers. Right. But superpower is like, huh, you can do it. Like, you yeah. help others with it. Yeah. I remember there was a time that when I was, it was a few, a few years ago, and there was a situation of, I felt like this presence in me. Like, yeah. like inside I felt you or outside? Inside, like, inside. and like surrounding me. Like, yeah. Like, and I realized, and so at first I talked to my parents because I was like, all right, this is scaring me. I feel like a spirit entity inside of me and I don't like it. And Mm. then they said, well, why don't you ask it what it's here to do? And I was like, Oh, I should do that. So sure enough, I ask it and I heard the sense of like, it, it was a person at the time. So they had passed somehow. And then I was like, well, why would you come into my body? I asked, why did you choose me? Because I don't like it. Like, I don't like feeling like now I'm handling two other spirits, and mm-hmm. you know. And so after a while, like, it, it almost felt like like my arm would start moving. Or, like, I would just feel, like, a tingle down my arm. Or I'd feel mm-hmm. something in the, my presence. I don't know how to explain it. I just mm-hmm. did. And then after a while, at first I let it happen. At first I was like, okay. Well, I guess you can see what it's like being a kid. Then I was like but on one condition, ask me first. Mm. And then after a while, it just got to a point of, I can't do this anymore. It was like mentally, mm. like breaking me down. Yes. And so I said, cause like, that's a, 
a huge burden to put on somebody, especially yeah. if it was like originally a human and stuff. And I'm still working all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, and after a while, I said, go find somebody else. I said, thank you mm-hmm. for the experience. Not into it again. Go find somebody else who's actually more willing. And then they left. And they left. Yeah, I think it's but, important to to remember, especially when you're as, like as sensitive as you as you are, and and I am too, is um is that we have free will, and so there are entities. Uh, you know, people die, and 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 they no one crosses them over, no one prays for them. You know, to cross to the other side, and so they jump on to light beings, people that have superpowers. Right, they jump on because they're looking for a ride, and so usually we can ask them to. You know, but sometimes they don't want to go. They're earthbound. They don't want to go anywhere. And so they, and it's our free will. We can decide at any moment whether, okay, yeah, you can carry on riding with me or nope, nope, which is exactly what you did, which was really smart. So I've had a few, few instances like that. It was a really scary one. You want to hear a scary one? Oh, yeah. Okay. So my parents have, have a house um, that's quite haunted or it was quite haunted when we, the, the, especially the cabin. And when anyone would sleep in there, um, something would come and grab, it, grab them by the throat. And, um, and, but I would go in and nothing would happen. I would say, yeah, I can see, because I see spirits. So I was like, well, I see that there was a, there's a, a guy here who used to be a slave, and he's here, he's here, but he doesn't seem to really want to talk to me. And then, um, but then, so this kept happening. And finally, I was like, this is really just not okay. So I asked him to come into me and tell me why he was so upset. And he showed me that he had been hung. He had this noose around his neck. And he asked mm-hmm. me, please, to take it off. And so I took the noose off of him. And he just absolutely filled with love, absolutely filled with love, and then, and then crossed with the angels into the light. And Absolutely. no one's ever had a problem with him since then. And I was like, the reason they kept, he kept grabbing people was everyone would get scared, but he was trying to let them know that he had this thing that he couldn't get rid of around his neck. Mm. What he was trying to communicate. So cool. I think everybody was like, whew, you know. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I wouldn't say that there's bad spirits. I would say that they're just, like, misunderstood. Because in that situation, yeah. he wasn't doing it to, like, try to kill somebody. He was doing it because he had an issue. And right. so, like, also it's, like, you don't know what happened if they were actually in a physical human working body. You don't know what they went through. And you don't know what, you don't know what got them to this point. And so, like, like kind of, yeah. yeah, and kind of realizing that, like, sometimes they're just misunderstood. But also, if it affects you more than it should, tell them to go. Just say, nope, I'm not. No, just leave. And, like, sometimes they're a little bit, bit mischievous, and that's why I like playing mm-hmm. them, playing with fairies and spirits mm-hmm. and stuff like that because they have mm-hmm. that like, kid-like energy, but sometimes they just forget to listen. And so something we did once, and this was with the same situation, we put salt in my front door. Mm-hmm. around my front door to my room and then we put a little bit in my bed to help kind of release some of the spirit energies and we also mm-hmm. like took a bunch of crystals and laid them around that area because mm-hmm. like it, it just got to the point where no I couldn't anymore and that's okay because sometimes you just need that you know? but that's actually it's a good thing um, for people that are listening to know that like if if um because 
a lot of my son, for instance, when he was young, he also sees spirits and he, he's very, he's similar to you in, in some way. So he would have lights that would come and work on him when he was ill and he would get scared at night. And so we would uh, always ask that he had four angels standing in the corners of his room. And then we would put bowls of salt. You can also do witch hazel, salt or witch hazel, either one. And it creates this like citadel, like it creates this dome or a vortex of light. And then he could sleep. But if I forgot to do it, you would hear him in the middle of the night, ah, you know, like running down, <laughs> running down the hall. I was like, oh, I forgot to do the salt, you know. <laughs> I remember it was a, quite a few years back, like, I was really young, and I was at my grandparents, and I had burnt my foot, like, significantly Ooh. burnt my foot. And it got to the point where I couldn't walk on it. Like, my parents had to fall and, like, wash it, wrap it and whatever bandage it's called. And at the time, especially, like, I was really little, and so I didn't really know how to balance. And so I was hobbling around, and then we asked, please just, like, come and help us. No matter who it is, just come so she's better. And I think this is part of the reason I'm such a quick healer. Um, And my parents said that they saw, like, Mary in the room and they saw like a bunch of spirits and then in the morning i could totally walk on it it didn't hurt or anything and now like the only times i've been significantly sick or injured really my life is like two times over the past 10 years and so excellent that's kind of cool that is do you want to hear what can i tell do we have time for me to tell one healing story a quick one okay so i was with my son william and he was about I don't know, maybe 11, 10, maybe 10. And um, he, he came in as, when he would get scared, like even sometimes, even if we put the four angels in the, the dome around, he would say, I want to sleep with you because nobody bothers you. <laughs> so he would come and sleep at the end of the bed. But I said, I definitely said a very strong field. <laughs> oh. so he, was, he was down there and he said, mom, I'm not feeling good. My tummy really hurts. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, I don't know. So I got up and I went and I was sitting by his head, just rubbing his head because he has this, he had, at the time he had this tendency to get migraines. So I was just kind of touching his head and these lights, it was dark in the room, but the, the, the lights went on and he goes, why did you turn on the light? And I looked and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a light bulb. It was actually a, a very bright orb and it was bright enough to shine, to shine light into the room. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at it, I was like, no, William, it's not, I didn't turn the lights on, look. And he, and he turned around and looked at it and he went, oh, it's beautiful. And it went into his head and it went mm-hmm. all the way down through his body and then it just disappeared. That's and I cool. said, isn't that cool? And I yeah. said, so how are you? And he goes, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> he just went to sleep. <laughs> I, I remember one time, um, my parents and I were in a hotel room, I think, and we were all sleeping on the bed. And I was like a toddler at the time. And I had this Tinkerbell nightlight. And so it was like a picture of Tinkerbell. And then she was like entrapped in this nightlight kind of type thing. Uh-huh. And we're all still awake and like about ready to fall asleep. And then I just, and the nightlight's plugged in and on. And then I, I just see this like exact Tinkerbell shape of a shadow. And it's like it flies over to the nightlight, and I I go, and I wake up my parents. I go, look, 
and then it just flies away. And so that's kind of cool. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. You've had encounters with fairies then. Have you met Mm -hmm. fairies? Not really up close and personal. My dad has. He explained to me that um, I have a fairy house that a friend and I made, and I'm probably going to put it back outside. We also have, like, we have this black dragon statue, and mm. its head turns sometimes. Oh, cool. And so, like, it, it's like this, and then sometimes it goes like this, and sometimes its tail moves and all that. So, yes, I've definitely encountered them, but I wouldn't say I've been able to, like, full on. Can I share my, my first encounter with a fairy? Yes, please do. So I was in Ireland, and Ireland's really known for its fairies, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, but at the time, I'd never, I'd never seen a fairy. I'd heard about them, but I'd never, I'd never actually seen one. But I was, I was there, and I was, I was um, collecting folklore, and I was in, the, in Galway. And it's like Galway's like right against the, the, the Atlantic Ocean. It's like the west of Ireland. And like the wind blows quite strong and the trees kind of, you can hear them kind of, you know, you hear this kind of thing. And so I'm sitting by this lake and it, it was, a, it's actually a turlaw. It's like a seasonal lake. Mm-hmm. And it's where W.B. Yeats used to write his very famous poetry. And I'm sitting there going, I completely understand why, why you would write poetry by this lake. Cause it's magic. It is pure magic. It's like a, some sort of magic vortex. I'm sitting really quietly. Nobody's there. And then this bubble, it's about the color of your, your cape. And it comes along like this and it's giggling. And I look and inside this blue bubble is a fairy who looks a little bit like Tinkerbell. <laughs> and then another one comes up and like they're, now they're two and they're both looking at me and I'm looking at them and I'm going, have I lost, have I lost it? Is this actually really happening? Am I actually seeing fairies? And they giggled and they giggled and then they just went like right on down the lake. I went, I just met two fairies. Okay. <laughs> See, you, you are very nice to them. I would have just been like, oh, my goodness, will you come to my house with me? Will you travel with me? Can we become best friends? What do you eat? How do you live? Do you have a pet? And then I will just, like, rapid fire ask them questions, and then they would probably just laugh at me and walk away. I don't know. I mean, I've gone back since then. I did, I've never met those same fairies again, but I've had other fairy encounters. But the first time it was, I think it was so surprising because I didn't, I wasn't really sure that there was such a thing as a fairy, that it was a real, real. So I had to, that, I just had to like incorporate that for a while. Like, oh yeah, there are such things as fairies. Okay, got it. So the next time I had a fairy encounter was with a very, very large fairy. It was 13 feet tall. That's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. He was called oh one of the she, and he was very. He was white. He was a very. But he was beautiful and so kind and so sweet, and he was absolutely sensitive to the earth, to everything. He had long, pointy ears, and he had. He was bald, and um, but he was so sensitive, and he understood the soil and how the soil worked, and he knew the gnomes and how the how the gnomes care for the seeds, and he knew the sylphs, you know, which are the or the, and the undines, the water, the water fairies, you know, like the, the ones I first met were water fairies, undines. And then he introduced me to the sylphs, which are the more the air fairies. And, and then they're called salamanders, but they're fire fairies. So mm-hmm. he was showing me how they, how they all work. So he started to explain things a little bit more. 
I asked him if he would share his name and he said no. They never like to share their name because then you, they, they're afraid you'll have a power over them if, if you mm. have their name. But they're very, very lovely. They appear in my story. I write about them in my, in my fictional books. But, they're, but I have to say that nature is so alive. And if, we, if we're not afraid to step into, into our mythic imagination, if we're not afraid to see with our, with our extra senses, then, oh, my gosh, we would live so different, differently in this world. You know, mm-hmm. do you think we would do any of the crazy stuff that's going on? We wouldn't. Mm-hmm. We would just change the world like this. We'd live in a completely different place. So okay. I really appreciate everything that you're doing and sharing because maybe we'll help some other people, you know, who really have their sixth six sense or seventh sense on to go to, instead of like Ella trying to hide it under her hat or under her, you know, her headband. Instead of hiding it, maybe they'll be willing to put their cape on and step out. And be mm-hmm. and be truthful about who they are. So thank you exactly. so much for being you. Thank you. I have two more questions before we wrap up. Okay. My first question is about the fairy. So did he actually talk, or was it like telepathy, or how did that work? Um. He. So when I, it's a little bit like when I speak to a tree. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit with a tree, and sometimes when I first start talking to a tree, I'll speak aloud, um, because sometimes trees are sleepy. And when you speak to them, they go, you know, somebody's listening. <laughs> and then I share my energy with it. And then, the inter- and then the tree will share an energy with me. And then we're con- connected telepathically. So after that, the communication's telepathic. And it's the same with um, when I'm working with a fairy. I might speak mm-hmm. to them aloud, but I don't want to scare them. And so I need, to, I need to stay, I know I need to stay very, very receptive and loving. and just stay in a very mm-hmm. high space because if I... If I drop into fear, I'll lose the connection. And, and if I can stay in a space of love, they can, they can handle being in the same vibratory level as I can. So we can have more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's, also, it's, hard to, it's hard to stay on the same vibratory rate. I think that takes practice. Yeah, I definitely think it would. Yeah. Um, also, was it like, was it like a full-on body or was it like a spirit you saw? Now he had a full-on body just like anybody. He, he, he had to sit down so I could talk to him. <laughs> I was in an ancient, when I met him, I was in an ancient cairn. I had to crawl into it. And, and I, knew it was, I knew that it was, it was famous for the she, that people had had encounters there. So I sort of had a heads up. And I asked to meet one. And I didn't know if I would or not. But he, but he, said, he said, why are you here? <laughs> And I said, oh, I came to meet you. I really want to, to befriend you. Humans always want something, he said. And I said, no, 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 really, honestly, just, just coming for friendship. I want to understand more about the earth. And, um, and when I started talking about the earth and saying I really wanted to understand more and how to live more in alignment with the earth, he became much more friendly. And so mm. he started to, to interact with me. That's so, cool. Yeah. 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 So... so- how would you say your story changes the world? Well, since I'm a writer, I mean, I, I understand that, that the wisdom of the ages can be carried through story form. It really literally can. Like we have Ella's magic and Ella and her story shares what, you know, what's happening to her as she, as she starts to present her, her skills and her gifts. And Ella's story is not so different from my own story. I mean, I was terrified to tell my friends at school that I saw ghosts or that, 
you know, that I did all this, this wild spiritual work. So it took me a long time to go, as a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I engage in multiple realities all the time, every day. <laughs> but finally, finally, it's been okay. And, it's, and the more that I've, I've shared it with people, the more they've gone, I do it too. I didn't want to tell anybody, but I do it too. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and it's kind of scary. Like for me, I see energy. And for me, it appears in like, like a bunch of rainbow, small, very tiny rainbow dots. And I just see it moving around people. I can mm. choose not to focus on it, but it's really hard not to because like it's in everything. And I remember when I first discovered it, I was terrified. Right. Because it started off like really big orbs. And sometimes I'll still see like orbs about that big. And yes. they just like appear and I'll see them in the like corner or something and I don't know what to do with them. Then I realized, oh, like these are just energy balls, maybe a pent up energy and all that. But when I first discovered that I could see it, I was so terrified. And I ran into my parents' room. I brought our dog. <laughs> like, I put her in the cage. And I yes. ran to the room. And I go, I don't know what I'm seeing, but it's scary. And, like, it's rainbow dots. I don't know how to describe it, but it is scary. And I don't know if it's a problem. Yeah. And so after a while, like, there were some, quite a few times where, my my dad or my mom would have to come sit out in our vortex with me and go, it's okay. It's just energy. You are fine. Yeah. And then I would just go back. So now that's where I, I go to if I like hear a noise outside or something, I'll go to, it's energy. And it's I'll energy. do a little prayer, say, watch over us. And I'll just like place my little angels and all my crystals and stuff in, the, in our areas of our house. And we're good. Do you know, um, do you see auras around people too? A little bit. I'm not, bit. I don't really see that. I see just, again, energy. And I can, yeah. I, I would say I, I can almost read people's minds. Like, yeah. it's pretty obvious because also my parents were spies. And so, like, I, I've learned how to tell somebody's lying to me. Sure. But also I can tell, kind of like, I can tell that this person is off. Because, like, if a friend of mine is taking something out on, on me, and I know that they're usually a really nice person, maybe they're having a hard day. Mm-hmm. I can read people's energy more than I can mm-hmm. read thoughts, though. That's interesting. Do you, know the, do you know the term for people like us? Do you know what it's called? Synesthesia. Synesthesia. It's actually a term. They had to add it. I think they added it to the DSM-4. It's, it's called, we're synesthites. So they're, they're the people, it's actually a term, it's a real thing, it's finally been recognized, because when I was your age, nobody had recognized it. But I also see, I see auras around people, and, and the thing, and you can read it. It's very, and the thing that people don't like about it is that when you see someone's aura, you can tell the story of their unfolding soul, and there's actually no secrets, because mm-hmm. it's, it's all right there. But yeah, it's called synesthesia, and it's a gift. It's a superpower! <laughs> that's interesting that they came up with a name for it i just like call it people gifts they're like chris like sometimes if i see kids with it like i'll say crystal children yeah. or something like that yeah. but that that word sounds almost like they're trying to name it into like a disease no 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 but they actually also- think it was to take it out of 
the synesthesia was was to normalize it so that to make it into something that people actually can understand they can recognize it so it's like you know i guess people say dyslexia is that a well no it's not it's not really a disease it's just people that read a certain way mm-hmm. you know if you if you're a synesthete it's somebody i think it's actually a gift it's actually a gift is really mm-hmm. what it is if you know how to work with it it's a gift exactly. and so if you're a synesthete it means that instead of having five senses you're operating off of six or seven senses That's you're a multi you're more into your multi-dimensional understanding and that and what i like what i do like about it is it's now recognized as a thing there mm-hmm. are yeah. synesthetes for me, I, I kind of like it being a little bit different yeah. <laughs> because I like being out of the ordinary. Like, guaranteed I'll be the person who'll show up and be completely different from everybody else in the crowd. But um, for me, it's like, awesome. I have superpowers and I can talk about it. And it's a weird thing. And like for me, when people look at me weirdly and like, like if we'll be in public and I'll be goofing off and I'll be being a dork or like I, I color my hair a lot and that's not a very common thing for most kids. And so yeah. people kind of like do that glare and like try to figure out what like my purpose is. And then I go, I whisper to my friends and to my parents, I go, yes, they looked at me weirdly. Uh, and I have a question for you mm-hmm. because I don't understand it. It's because actually there are no two people that are like on the planet. Everyone's completely unique. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, why would kids want to be the same? Because that's a program. Because, ah. in my opinion, it's a program. Because, like, my, also, like, I also believe that, like, God and the divine made you who you are. Mm. Like, I'm different from you. You're different from me. Mm. We may still have, like, we may share similar insights on things and we may have similar opinions, but at the end of the day, we're two completely different people. Absolutely. The thing is when you're different or you look different from somebody or you act different from somebody, people think it's bad because we haven't been trained that different can be a good thing. Mm. And it, mm-hmm. and it's scary for a lot of people to have that change, you know? Right. So, that's my opinion. But if anybody else has other opinions, I think that it is truly something that has been put into our minds. And if our parents were trained that way, good chances our grandparents are trained that way and they're going to try to train us that way. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to. And also there's a way of doing it. There's like a fine line in between full-on rule-breaking and not being very nice. And then there's like this phase of I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Yeah. I'm still going to be respectful. Yes. You know, for, for me yeah. at the end of the day, it comes back to, are you being respectful to the people and earth and things around you? Yeah. So, yeah. We want to practice no harm for sure. Exactly. And if, and, and goodness when we can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, thank you so much. It's just been lovely. Thank you. These conversations fuel me up. I'm going to I'm gonna have a great day. Do you have any last insight based on spirits or based on channeling or life or how people's stories can change their world? And maybe talk a little bit about how, like, 
how somebody's life or somebody's choices can impact their future. Well, I like the way we started when we were talking about going to sit by a tree and listen to its story um, mm -hmm. or going, I really love to go to ancient places and sit inside the cairns or the by a stone or someplace. And, and it can really be anywhere. Usually it's in nature, any place in nature. But I think it's, it's, it's really lovely when we can go do that. And if we can stay out of fear, like I said, if, if you go into fear, you'll contract and you'll, and you'll block yourself from the energy. So if you can like take a few deep breaths and then a tree, a tree is usually one of the easiest ones to open to, you know, the Druids loved Oak. Um, apple trees are lovely. Orange trees are lovely, but you, you know, all trees really pine trees. I love too. They have huge hearts, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you can go and just start to open up in that, in that multidimensional way and just feel the love of a tree. And then from that, you might, you know, if you have a pet, you might, you might just see if you can commune with, a, with an animal. Like I commune with all my animals by sending them, I send them images and they go, and then they send them back. And then they're really confused when people don't do that to them. Like, why aren't they talking to me? <laughs> Yeah, I have conversations with my dog all the time. Oh yeah, so they do, they just send you this like stream of of um, of imagery, and you send it back, and then you're engaged. And so to understand that we can communicate all the time, and then you know to try to um, like we can we can start to engage those worlds more and more and more because, like you said, there are spirits that that hold the field of love. I mean, and to stand like why I was doing with your with Tanya. The other day, you know, we were just standing in this field of love. It's incredibly exactly. powerful. It's incredibly healing. And I believe it's the way forward for humanity. Me too. Yeah. yeah. That's great advice. As well as trees may have little spirits and they may have maybe little gnomes or fairies around them. You just have to tap into it. Because again, if you go into fear, your chances it's not going to happen. No matter how much you're like, I want to meet you, I want to talk to you, even then it's going into being selfish and the spirits and fairies and stuff aren't going to have that. They'll be like, no, that's not my energy, and they'll leave. Mm -hmm. And I've had the, that personal experience. So, yeah. again, just don't go into fear. And like you said, I think we could have a really amazing world in life if we don't. So... Yeah. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed talking with you. Can you remind people one last time where they can go to find out everything about you? Yes, you can go on to AyneKateSullivan.com. All my kids' books are up there for all superpower kids. Uh, so it's A-Y-N, AyneKateSullivan.com. And I have lots of audios and, and th different things people can, can follow on there too. But yeah, Sparkle, all the Sparkle books are about, are about, are about young girls with superpowers. And, and, uh, and then there's Ella's Magic, of course, too, for the people who are ready to peel back the headband. Awesome. I will <laughs> definitely be checking out like, all of your books because you are so amazing. And again, thank you for coming on to my show. And kids, remember that we all have superpowers and we can change the world through our stories. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Superpower Up podcast, Superpower Kids edition. Go now to superpowerkids.com and discover your superpowers today. Hey.